When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, my name is Jason Beatty. I'm the head of politics at the Daily Mirror and welcome to Eyes to the Left. We are coming from a sunny Bournemouth, a former sedate seaside town which once had a kind of illustrious past and therefore the perfect place for the Lib Dem conference. Joining me is Kevin Maguire, executive editor of politics at the Daily Mirror. Hello. And Mikey Smith, political correspondent. Hello. The Woodward without his Bernstein. And we are going to discuss the speech by the new Lib Dem leader, Vince Cable, who's just finished about 10, 15 minutes ago. So we are obviously come out with a spring in our step from listening to almost an hour of the most dreary, grumpiest man in politics, or not. What did you think of it, Kevin? Oh, he went on and on, and I promise that we won't go on as long as he did. Uh, if that was to rouse his party, it fell absolutely flat. At one point he said, right, the time has come, and he really meant for the Liberal Democrats to get going. But a couple of people just got up and left the hall. Uh, <laughs> either their bladders were, uh, you know, were given up, uh, they were just bored out of their heads, or they had trains to catch. It was Professor Cable. Uh, and you know, it might be all right if he was back being a lecturer, but I think to rally a party, to enthuse them, to get them going, send them back into the constituencies and around the country to, to fight for votes, I think that'll have failed. Yeah, I wrote down exactly the same word. I wrote down, this is a lecture, not a speech. There was no kind of great kind of inspiring rhetoric. It was a, a, a long list of gripes about how terrible the country was. With, with no kind of solutions either, I thought, Mikey. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. He did it from behind a podium, which is a, a breakaway from uh, Tim Farron, who was a bit more freewheeling. He used to roam around the stage a bit. And, it, 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 and he was wearing this awful tie. Did you notice the tie? I did notice the tie. The tie kind of looked like curtains from an old people's home, <laughs> Which is... Maybe apt or not. Perhaps. I spoke to yeah. one of the photographers immediately afterwards, and... <laughs> Speech is a performance art. Uh, Vince Cable's speech might read very well if you read it on paper, but if you're trying to convey it to the hall, enthuse your troops, get out people on radio, people on TV, people on podcasts, you've got to give it some oomph and you've got to change your tune. And the photographer said he was so wooden, he just stood all the time, they were looking for a picture where he would look animated, passionate, because he's saying Britain faces all these challenges, the Tories are absolutely terrible, Labour's just as worse, the Lib Dems are going to come right into the rescue. Well, he didn't, he didn't give any of that any go, any, you know, he said, right, what, what do we want? We want uh, hope and realism. Well, actually, they're contradictory, but uh, <laughs> I'm afraid there was very little hope that he, that he expressed, and the, and the realism was dreary. Yeah, and it, he also said, I'm going to lead you back into government, which was probably the most unrealistic thing I'd heard in a conference but, uh, speech for some time. Didn't we see somebody in a <laughs> flapping white coat trying to come onto the stage at that time? He's got 12 was, MPs. I know, trying to resuscitate the audience who seemed to have fallen into a stupor. Uh, it was, was a bit of a... He started, I thought, quite well. He, he went in on, on kind of, you know, tribute to Tim Farron, which I thought was kind of, you know, nice by Tim. Uh, nice little tribute to Nick Clegg, which got a huge applause. They obviously still quite like Nick Clegg. They, they do, and I think that's one of their problems, and they've got to move on from Nick Clegg. And what he didn't, didn't do was 
apologise for the mistakes in the coalition government. Now, Labour had to move on. They've moved on with Corbyn because they can say the financial crisis happened on our watch. We didn't regulate enough. We did all these other things, things that were wrong. We're going to change now. David Cameron, when he was successful in, in 2010, he apologised for so much the Tories had done in the past, being uncaring, abusing the NHS and so on. Turned out to be a pack of lies by Cameron and he got in and he, he, he was just as awful as always. But Vince Cable cannot bring himself to say that the Lib Dems made mistakes in the coalition government. He was sitting there as a business secretary for five five years. He was part of it. He, he never had that rose garden love and starry-eyed uh, puppy look of, uh, of uh, Clegg. It's got to be said. He was more realistic about it. But nevertheless, he, he was there. And he's got to accept he made mistakes. He pushed through tuition fees, which, of course, the Liberal Democrats were against. He brought in employment tribunal charges, which have now been ruled illegal. And he sold off the Royal Mail on the cheap, cheating taxpayers of about a billion quid. It's now being asset stripped. Uh, Posties are going to lose some of their pensions unless they go on strike and and stop it. He's got to accept that was a mistake. And you can't just blame that on the Tories. He said, oh, we did some good things and stopped a lot of bad they did some bad there things as well. And he's got to put his hand up and own it. There was a lot of historical rewriting, I thought. He, yeah. he went through all the, the things they did achieve in, in coalition, like, you know, free school meals. OK, people premium, good stuff. Didn't mention they took away educational maintenance allowances. You know, he talked about how we cut income tax. Didn't mention the fact they supported the rise in VAT. Yep. Yep. And cutting taxes for wealthiest. It was a, it was a, it was a, a pick-and-mix history to suit Vince, rather than it, kind of an honest account of what happened. If he was back in his days as a Glasgow University, university lecturer and a student put in an essay like that he'd give it a d minus he's got to move on I'm, a, I'm quite a fan of Vince if I lived in his constituency and the arithmetic was such electoral arithmetic was it was him or, or the Tory I'd probably vote uh, Vince but not on the basis of what I heard today he's got to do better and there was a a couple of kind of glaring contradictions, weren't there? Was the line when he talked, he had a massive long go at Corbyn. Um, he actually changed the speech from the extracts they, they briefed out. And the extracts they briefed out, they talked, he talked about Corbyn sitting on the fence that he would be serrated. They took that line out after we all complained that it was kind of very questionable, kind of nasty language. Uh, and then immediately after having this long rant against Corbyn, he turns around and says, now's the time to end tribal politics. And you thought, they don't work together. You can have one or the other, Vince. You can't have both. You know, you can either do the knockabout or you can do the reaching out. Yeah, he, he, another line, he said it was time for grown-ups to return to politics before issuing a, a string of playground insults to David Davis, Boris Johnson, who he likened to a dictator at one point, um, said that... Uh, David Davis would struggle to um, get his head around a, a, a toddler's Lego kit. Um, I mean, it's it, it's not exactly grown-up stuff, is it? Yeah, I don't mind the knockabout at a party conference. Gets a few laughs, cheers up the troops, but there's nothing as tribal as a tribe at its own party conference. <laughs> so for you then, you then to attack the Tories, attack Labour, uh, mock them, uh, by all means do that. It's, it's uh, sometimes fair enough, other times not. But do not then call for people not to be tribal when you've been so tribal yourself. Yeah. Did he did he kind of tickle the little kind of soft belly of the Lib Dems people? Did they go away kind of happy, do you think? Or? I think they prefer him to Tim Farron. 
He looks uh, a more substantial figure, despite the fact I've just given him a D minus. Uh, <laughs> I, I can see the potential there. Uh, Tiny Tim always looked like a very little frightened child who would uh, come out blinking uh, and was worried. And uh, no one listened to Tiny Tim, I'm afraid. Poor Tim Farron, he was at the wrong time. Uh, Vince Cable, he is a more substantial f- figure, despite all his faults. So I think they'll have a, a little hope. But if they if this lot have gone home <laughs> thinking they're about to be in government, uh, you know, there's, there's going to be a lot of counselling needed to, uh, in a year or two. Now, he, 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 talked, uh, he talked a lot about Brexit at the beginning. Do you think they are still seen as just the party of Brexit? His idea was saying, you know, we're not just this one issue of single party. We're not like UKIP in reverse. We, we, we're, we have other things we like to complain about. And then he went on and complained about them at length, about, you know, the poor quality of housing, the, the, the lack of investment in public services. Are they, are they Mikey, just a Brexit, anti-Brexit party? Well, they're trying desperately not to be, but the, 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 the one moment of drama in this uh, conference came on, I think it was Saturday, there was, um, there was almost a bun fight on the floor of conference, because obviously Lib Dem conference is different from the other ones, they actually debate policy on the floor of the conference. And um, the argument they were having... Was, was essentially that a, a, a decent-sized chunk of the delegates didn't think um, the official Lib Dem policy of uh, asking for a second referendum was anti-Brexit enough. <laughs> they, they, they were arguing in the room over who was the most Remain, effectively. Yeah, he calls it now the, the, the first referendum on the facts, not a rerun, not a second. I mean, it's semantics, really. We know... Yeah, I think down a dog and duck, no one's gonna gonna fall for that. But he said he wanted this uh, anti-Brexit people's liberation front with himself uh, at its head. The problem is, the more the Lib Dems go on about it, they, they actually do just sound like a one-trick pony. And we saw at the last general election, it wasn't about Brexit. If Theresa May called it about Brexit, it wasn't about Brexit. And Labour, which had a very muddled policy, uh, went up in the polls. And the Lib Dems didn't go up in the polls. We might have got four more seats to get that twelve, a whole twelve. I, if I was him, I'd, I know it's a big, important issue, and you've got to devote some time to it. But I would stop banging on about it as much as he does, and I would let the Tories destroy themselves, actually devour themselves now, as Theresa May and Boris Johnson go for it, and then perhaps come in, come in later. You've almost got to let. Brexit be seen to fail and all the real challenges and the confusions all have to, have to come and people have to begin to change their own minds and then you come in rather than appearing to, to be shouting at them all the time that they were wrong. Yeah, I'm going to come on to, to, to some of Mikey's highlights of lived-in conferences. He's been here. <laughs> That'll be brief. Oh, we But just, just briefly, it has been completely overshadowed. I mean, not that it's difficult to overshadow a lived-in conference, but it has been by the, the Boris Theresa May drama Warfare taking place elsewhere in New York, Westminster, it, everywhere. Hasn't it, it has, which is, which is really you know, that's absolutely crucial. It's uh, crucial to the to the Conservative Party, to the governing party, and Britain's future when they're supposed to be doing the negotiation. And you seem to have twenty-seven United countries on the other side, and you've got a warring cabinet here. And if they if they can't speak with one voice and know what they're asking for when they see Michelle Barnier, they're not going to get anything at all. No, it's absolutely incredible. The Lib Dems are the fourth party in British politics because they have fewer MPs. Than not just the Conservatives and Labour, but the SNP too. And they're polling about 5%. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it is. It's, you know, they're, still, they're still in the operating theatre. They're you know, needing life support. They, but they haven't I, got off their bed yet, have they? I, I, the, 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 even 
um, the, the Lib Dem press officers when they were when they were teeing up the speech earlier, they were asked uh, if if Tim Farron, uh, sorry, Vince Cable really thought he could be Emmanuel Macron or um, uh, or Justin Trudeau and you know bring liberalism into government, and they said why not? There's many reasons why not, mm -hmm. but they they seem to genuinely be of the opinion that they can go from 12 MPs to 350 in mm. the space of five years. Yeah, it's a lot of Kool-Aid. <laughs> Not so much evidence. Uh, um, now, Mikey, we've seen things this week. I, I've seen <laughs> I've seen women activists wearing EU flag berets. Berets, yeah. They, uh, were, they were the fashion item of the season. I know. You, you, what else have you seen, Mikey? You, you do this so other people don't. It's a, it's a service as much as anything else, isn't it? You, you, I, I, I do secretly enjoy Lib Dem Conference a little bit because it's, it, it, it's kind of bookended by two of the weirdest events on the political calendar. Uh, the first is on the Saturday night every year where they have the Lib Dem Disco, uh, which is held in a room in the back of a hotel. Um, and what they do is get a, a, a series of MPs or, or party figures to DJ and play pop hits and, and they have a DJ contest now this year um, and it's always really busy it, you know, loads of people turn up to this and they dance until 2 in the morning I did not stay until 2 in the morning this year uh, I had a relatively early night but the, the, the big name on, uh, on this year's uh, roster was um, Mr. Tim Farron, who played a wonderful set of um, uh, indie classics, indie dance floor hits. Played a bit of Duran Duran as well. That went down well. Any gospel music? No gospel music. <laughs> <laughs> and sadly, it's not been a good year for Tim all round because he came second. Uh, he couldn't even win oh, the, the DJ contest, which, which was a terrible And show. what was the event you went to last night, Mikey, for the services of journalism? Yes, the, the last night of Lib Dem Conference every year is Glee Club, um, which is the, the, the party insists is a non-official event um, in which um, basically hundreds and hundreds of party activists turn up in a room and sing bawdy songs about politics. Um, quite often these the, these songs are quite I don't want to go as far as nasty but they're quite aggressive they're near the knuckle they're a bit near the, the knuckle the, the, the songs Nothing about Charlie Kennedy's drinking yes. and um, the, 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 there's one I don't think I can uh, uh, say it on a podcast uh, I don't know are we allowed to I don't think oh, yeah. I, I, go I, I on. Think we could say the Anglo-Saxon language about where Tony Blair should go yes how about that yes <laughs> um, but it's 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 always full this the Genuinely, hundreds of people turn up to this, and they sing their hearts out until the early hours of the morning. And it's the oddest thing uh, that you can imagine. And you don't have to imagine it because uh, if you go to uh, Mirror Politics on the website, you can see videos. Oh I God! Videos. Saw you doing those. There were videos. There's um, a treat for everybody. Right, very, <laughs> very quickly, Kevin. Is Vince a, a a caretaker leader, or do you think he will take them into the next election? I think he's more likely to be a caretaker when I think the Tories will hang on until June 2022 or thereabouts. But uh, it was obviously it was a snap election. No, early, yeah, yeah but, but you know, but I mean, you, you never know. I mean, politics is so volatile now; it's very difficult to predict anything. But I think if they go the duration, I think they change. He may, he may want to go on himself, but I think they'll have to change. He, he's got so much baggage. From uh, from the coalition days, and they need to break 
from those coalition days. In fact, the problem is the younger deputy, Jewel Swinson, she's got a lot of that baggage too. She was there in reducing uh, you know, the employment tribunal fees, had the nerve to denounce them when they were ruled illegal, and she introduced them as an employment minister. Right. This time, next week, we will be in Brighton and we will be listening to Jeremy Corbyn's speech and we'll be doing another podcast with our views on how that went down. Uh, my name, as I said, is Jason Beatty. You can find me on Twitter at, at JBTMirror. Kevin is on Twitter as... Uh, at Kevin Maguire. Just, uh, Kevin underscore Maguire, I am, yeah. And... And I'm uh, Mikey Smith. That's all one word and it's with a K. And you can, as Mikey said, you can see videos of Glee Club and other <laughs> politics <laughs> stories of high quality <laughs> at uh, <laughs> www.mirror.co.uk forward slash politics. Thank you for listening. <laughs>